Are you hungry for more? You know what life has to offer. You sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody. Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Here and now. Just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon appetit! Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I'm your host, Allie, and this week's episode is with Margaret. She is the founder and co-founder with her sister of Oh My Goodness, Inc., which is a youth wellness center in Garden City, Long Island. She is a mom, a wife, a friend, a sister, a daughter, a cancer survivor, and a resource for anybody who's interested in wellness for themselves, for their family, for their loved ones, for their kids. And this youth wellness center is such a fantastic idea. I'm so excited for her to share more info about this. She goes through her journey, what it was like going through breast cancer, the support that she had, the healthcare system, alternative approaches to breast cancer and the struggles with insurance, the trials and tribulations of a young mom going through breast cancer, a journey of the unexpected, oh my goodness, her youth wellness center, and so many other things. She goes into such depth and she gave me so much time. I actually was out in the field with her in Long Island, got to see the space in production being built up and it was so cool. I'm so excited for her journey. I'm really thrilled to be sharing her story on here with you guys. And I also want to mention briefly, when we recorded this episode, I had a job, but a fun fact about me right now is I am sitting at home on a Thursday recording this in order to get it out for your ears, and I am unemployed. (laughs) So I was let go, and yes, it was very shocking. Let myself feel all the feels for a couple days, and to be honest, I've never felt more empowered, excited, and just creative like I just am feeling all these things of empowerment with this time so I just wanted to share that I'll talk more on it later because right now you need to hear this so enjoy this episode Margaret thank you so much for being here on well and why right outside your almost completed children's wellness center you're starting right here in my car oh wait no let me start that no that's so <laughs> great starting so it gen- in your car no but, <laughs> but the conversation and the spreading awareness on this level is in the car <laughs> it's it's almost perfect it's my first my first conversation out in the field and it feels so much fun and I love having this morning with you and it's been such a cool experience my first time in Long Island which is awesome and you brought me to that amazing place the French workshop yep French workshop bakery so cute Garden City oh my god so cute and the people that own it are adorable and they love you and your family and that was so beautiful to see thanks I nearly cried at how like generous they were of like let us know how we can help you 
so was, sweet. It's all about the community around here. And like, I'm grateful that I have such like a, a tight knit family and like tight knit friends and, and everybody's willing to help. So yeah. trying to build that community. It's so important. So important. And it looks like you have it. So you're like right on par with yeah, where you're thanks. supposed to be, I feel. So, so much fun. Very excited. So I'm eager to share your story because people need to know what goes on in the U.S. healthcare system from the perspective of somebody going through it. I like to mention how we met, and you and I connected through an amazing friend, Pauline, at yes. her first networking event for Millennial Women. Right. If you ask me, we clicked right away, mm -hmm. and I've loved following you ever since. It was quite ironic because you thought I looked familiar. I said I get that all the time. But what really happened was that when we went to go follow one another, we came to find that I was already following you from Pauline sharing about you one time, and you recognized me from Instagram. That was such a millennial moment, and I thought that was so yep. neat. It's like small world of this Instagram, my goodness. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, you're going to her vision board party on February 2nd in Greenpoint, right? Yep, I'll mm -hmm. be there, bringing my sister and some more girls. Oh my gosh, me too. I'm <laughs> so excited, and Chrissy Papetti is speaking, and she's amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be so nice. Can't wait. It's so powerful. It's such a powerful event. Pauline's such a powerful girl. Oh my gosh. Um, and bringing all these women together is brilliant, like so beyond smart. brilliant. I know, and for the, in the beginning of 2020 to like either envision your whole year or your decade or your next few months I think it's so amazing I look back at my last vision board and I was like oh my gosh so I made my own one time yeah so I'm, but it wasn't like it wasn't like guided so I'm excited mm. at this at yeah. this time to be around like other powerful women to see what they do and how we can feed off of each other yeah so I think like that takes takes vision board and women meeting to a different level totally I couldn't agree more and just really the cool. energy and how you're it's an inspiring space yeah just to be in that kind of environment so true that's so awesome. true firstly mm -hmm. you're a teacher friend sister daughter wife and mom. Yeah, I got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All the while, you've been going through breast cancer at such a young age and decided to fight it fully without chemo, right? Yep. Wow. Not to mention, you recently quit your teaching career to pursue a children's wellness center in Long Island, New York with your sister, That's which is right. a massive feat. But you're doing it and you're going to kill it. So scary. I feel it. <laughs> also, I need to mention briefly to include a bit more context, but if I recall correctly, there were about three of you in your primary family diagnosed with some kind of cancer around the same time period. Oh, primary family, like my father and my father-in-law and myself in a matter of three months. Insane. I don't, I literally don't know how you guys. Yeah. It was, a, it was definitely a dark time. Oh man. All right. Well, here you are and it's beautiful, but that's a mouthful. I really can't imagine being in your shoes and going through what you have and still are. And I just want to say that I respect the crap out of you and you're a badass woman on a mission that I need to stand behind, which is why you're here. So I just started tearing. I just Aww. want to make note of that because I'm thinking back to that time and like it's kind of cool to say that somebody's acknowledging a feeling that I was having in a moment that was so dark. Mm. Um because I feel like I didn't do anything much. And I'll, I'll say this till the end. I feel like I didn't do anything at all. I was a woman in a circumstance that I needed to get out of. Mm -hmm. And so my family was going through something and I was their support for a month or two. And then it was like the diagnosis, when it hit me, it was like, no way. But I had to be whatever I was for them. I had to sort of find it within myself. But mm -hmm. again, without them or my husband or, you know, my son, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, you all have a massive support system, and yeah. it seems like 
that's just the most powerful thing that anybody can have. I'm lucky. I'm, I considered myself the luckiest woman before, but no, it happened afterwards. Wow. For sure. I really realized how much I have. Wow. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so wild that when you go through something so challenging that that's like when your eyes really open, you know, yeah. and it's, I feel like part of this podcast is to share these stories so we can kind of feel that way without having to go through that yet, yeah. you know, like we're all going to go through things, but to cultivate that gratitude, you know, for everything that we have and like recognizing those little things when we do have that kind of support, you know. What sucks is that like you don't, you have something like that has to happen mm-hmm. and that's what's the most terrible thing of all. And so it has to happen in our time because we're bombarded with immediate things that satisfy us. Mm-hmm. We're bombarded. Yeah. So from waking up in the morning and, and, and having our, I don't know, cream, like pumpkin flavored creamery and our coffee, that's not something to be gra- like happy with. Happy with is just waking up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so now I see that. Mm-hmm. Now I see that. Like taking my vitamins every day, that's like... That's like the down, like, I don't, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I can, if I can go home and I see my son at home playing, like, that's my life. And I truly mean it. Yeah. How old is he? Four. Oh, what's his name? Cosadino. So cute. Yeah, super I don't Greek. know if I can. Super Greek. I don't know if I can. All right, ready? Constantinos. Oh, Constantinos. There like, you go. Constantinos. <laughs> Cosadino. Cosadino. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's like a uh, super light. This is the. Uh, Light yeah. of my life. Oh, he's so cute. Mm, you share a lot of him. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what made you decide to go the route you did, meaning without the chemo, and how did the doctors respond to that choice? Ooh, what do I answer first? <laughs> okay, so um, I'd like to say that a lot of it had to do with my husband. So he, his father was going through chemo, at, who had just started chemo, and he was doing research. My husband is a research freak. Um, so anything he'll just, and he's really good with finding information mm. out. Google, yeah, a good th- Googler. A good Googler. <laughs> Definitely need one of Say those. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. Google. Googler, Googler. <laughs> um, so when I was first diagnosed, he like automatically, plus he also knew somebody who didn't necessarily heal herself. She tried to, and then it turned to stage four and now she's just monitored, but she's, she's maintaining her, um, maintaining her or battling with it using natural methods. Mm -hmm. So she's just maintaining now stage four is really difficult to combat. Um, but he knew that that's not the route that he wanted for me, but he didn't really push me. He just tried to open my eyes for it. And so when about two months, two weeks before I was diagnosed and also was dealing with everything with my dad and my father-in-law. So I was very intrigued. We watched this one documentary and I forgot what it was, but it talked about the ketogenic diet and, um, and autism. And I said to myself, what the hell are we doing? If the ketogenic diet could reverse certain symptoms of autism, then why are we eating the foods that we're eating? Mm-hmm. And, and it's also known if, uh, to help with uh, cancer diagnosis, uh, cancer patients. Mm. Um, so I was like, you know what? My sister's on a health freak too, but you know, she, she splurges here and there. She goes, she goes on tangents here and mm-hmm. there, but I was like, Nina, let's do it. I remember being at the mall and I was like, how many carbs does broccoli have? And it was just like, Oh, I'm not eating broccoli. I didn't even eat broccoli at that point. So it was what? like two weeks before I was diagnosed. Um, craziest thing is I would have been in Greece that summer had my son didn't go through uh, this vertigo spell, like vertigo issue, um, he would get really dizzy and faint 
and I would take him, I took him to the hospital twice that summer and we had to cancel our trip. Um, and we were scheduled, to, we, were, we were supposed to baptize um, my now godson um, in Greece and we had to delay, we actually, uh, anyways, so we didn't go and it was one Saturday and I felt it on my breast and I said, something's wrong because this is something like I've never felt You just before. were feeling for it? I woke or? up in the morning, I remember, I remember like yesterday, Husband was sleeping next to me. My son was sleeping in his bed. We were in, um, out in South Hold. And I like a morning stretch, kind of feel your body. Hey, I'm alive kind of thing. Every morning you did that? I mean, you just felt normal. Like yeah. yeah. It's okay. like, I, th this is what I'm doing today. Uh -huh. Hey, good morning. Stretch, feel my body. Okay, cool. Uh -huh. Get up. And I felt the lump and it was like a knuckle sticking out from my breast. And I was like, this is off. Um, mind you, my dad was just diagnosed. He was scheduled for surgery. My father-in-law. So in my head, I'm like, oh my God. I called that day. I called my doctor. Mind you, I'm still on this diet. I called my doctor and I said, you need to see me. It happened in a matter of days. He saw me. Next day I had ultrasound. Next day I had biopsy. Whoa. And then two days later, I was scheduled to leave for Greece. I had my bags packed. They were right by the door. And it was already rescheduled. It was already rescheduled. Mm -hmm. So we rescheduled to go, right? Yeah. Bags are packed by the door. And... I got a call. It was like 9.30 in the morning. And she's like, I have to tell you because I know you're going to Greece, but you have cancer. And I said, but can I still go to Greece? Oh. <laughs> um, obviously, it didn't like happen all holly, like jolly like that. Yeah. But um, I was I was like, I grew weak. Like I was a bowl of spaghetti. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to tell my husband, but that was the only person that I can tell because of everything that he was dealing with, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was called him up crying. and said, we can't go. You have to come home now. Um, we have working. things to do. Yeah. Because um, we're... One, I got the call at, our flight was at 1.30. I got the call at 9.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. I was oh like, you got to come home now. We're not going. And he knew that it was bad. And then. Um, they probably wouldn't usually tell you over the phone, would they? They no, would have you come in. Yeah. She, but she just she's like, She's like, you can't go to Greece. Yeah. You can't do that. And she was very kind to do that for me. Mm. Um, and then what happens? The craziest thing. So we all know what cancer is, right? Mm. We do. We do. We know what cancer. We've heard cancer. We see cancer. We know what it looks like, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That day, I Googled, what is cancer? Because you don't, in that moment, you are a big ball of mush. Mm. And everything that you thought you knew about this disease and what it looked like and what, now all of a sudden you got it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not a cold, it's not the flu, it is something that can kill you. And yeah. you know people who've died from it. My, I have, I have, I have three ants that passed from it, two ants that um, just recently had surgery for it. Mm. And I said to myself, "What?" I, I literally Googled, what is cancer or what is breast cancer? And, uh, and that was the research. And then the percentages and the, the root, like what you need to do started showing up on the thing. And then I asked, I remember I went outside for my last cigarette. That was my last cigarette ever. Oh, you smoked. Mm. <laughs> I smoked. Um, for me, it was like my rebellious outlet. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was that day. So I was already on a strict diet, but it was that day that I said to myself, this is not this. I'm, I'm going to, I'm getting rid of all sugar in my life. All sugar. I even stopped coffee. Um, stopped cold coffee. Turkey. Yep. Cold turkey. Wow. So that was it. My last cigarette stopped coffee, cold turkey, everything, everything, no bread, no car, no carbs, zero carbs. Did you go I through didn't even a eat phase fruit. of like extreme withdrawal? No. None. No. You were like, your body was like, this is what needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. I said to myself, like, like I would look at food and I would, I would get angry. Mm. Like I was, I was mad Yeah. because 28 years old and 
I did nothing to deserve this. Mm. Like, and, and I'm sure tons of other people out there think that they're super healthy, yeah. but they're really not. And it's not our fault. No. And the more I started to research and the more I started to learn and the more I started to do these crazy things, I was like, I'm, I look around at people, I'm like, it's not your fault. Yeah. And I try to con- convince people like, we're being forced to live this way. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. For example, today, if I want a bag of chips, which I'll have a chip or two mm-hmm. if I want a bag of chips. But the problem is I'll have that one chip and the chemicals that are in that one chip will make me want more. Yeah. Like, why can't it just be a straight up potato? Mm. That to me didn't make sense. So I was angry at everything. I was angry at bread. I was angry at fruit. I was angry. I, I st- switched almost immediately to whole foods. And that was it. No fruit, though? No fruit. Why? Because it's just sugar. sugar. Yeah. I said, this is sugar. I don't mm. care. Feeds my cancer. Wow. My question for you from what you said before about the ketogenic diet and cancer, that's different. I just want to clarify. That's different from keto, right? The keto no, diet ketogenic and... diet is keto. Okay. Yeah. So, but there's a big difference between modern keto and what keto should has be. turned in. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So keto turned into something that's extremely not healthy. Yeah. Bacon has sugar in it. Sausages have MSG and maltodextrin and all of these other chemicals in it. Mm. Um, the sources for some of these meats that people eat on the ketogenic diet suck royally. Can I say yeah. that? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, also, dairy. Dairy is a huge inflammatory. We should not be consuming dairy. Plus, the dairy that we eat, especially in cheeses, is the, is the crap of the crap. Mm-hmm. Like, we should not be consuming dairy in the way that we are. Um, I just actually, because of opening up the store, I just, um, I'm doing some research in terms of like uh, dairy allergies and such. And I've discovered that um, after four years of age, our body stops producing the enzyme to actually digest dairy. Mm -hmm. So why are we still consuming dairy at these levels? Like even in our coffee and our cereal and this and that, why? Um, Because some people don't feel the effects like some of us, you know, like those. Another thing, do you love cheese? I love it, but I'm lactose intolerant, so I oh try to stay God. away from it, yeah. you know? and But if it's one of those things where it's like a cheese board, like, I'm not going to not. Oh, of course, and the cheese boards are the best, right? Because you you you, you take a bite, and it's just, like, mm. orgasmic. It's so um, more research has led to understanding that the reason why that happens is, is exactly the reason why it's no good for us. The hormones that exist inside of cheese that cause the disrupt- disruption and, and a balance in our body is what cause that it causes a true, and this is not fake, and that's why I said orgasmic, a true orgasmic feeling for us. Oh, so it's kind of like chocolate, how it's it, a, what's what? It's aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac, Yeah, yes. so cheese, though, has those hormones inside that causes that feeling um, of warmth and comfort, comfort. for women. Mm. Women love cheese. Why? It's not because, like, it's not because cheese is so delicious and amazing. Yeah, aside from men just aren't doing the job. Men, no yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> men, that if you step it up, crazy. we don't eat cheese. It's so true. No, I'm kidding. That is so funny, but it's true that all and, and but all of those things are hormone disruptors. So when I when I started my research, <laughs> it took me about two months to actually even find the doctor because nothing that a regular oncologist was telling me was making sense to me. Wow, that's insane. What is one of the most frustrating aspects of the healthcare system that you've come to find? Oh my gosh. 
That's another thing. I guess I'm one big ball of anger. No, I'm no. kidding. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely frustrated. She's a ray of sunshine, guys. <laughs> literally. I, I think I'm a ray. I'm, I'm ball of energy. Yes. You could say ball of energy. Yes, yes. Okay. Which the sun is. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, I, I'm frustrated because I feel like had, if insurance is able to our healthcare system is out of whack instead of healing the problem or taking care of the problem that causes all this. So like, why does a 28 year old develop cancer? Why does a baby have cancer? Why does a, why is a 20 year old have lymphoma? Like, whoa, let's reverse. A lot of this is not chance. Actually, none of this is chance. Somebody once told me that something like cancer, the flu, diabetes, uh, psoriasis, all of these things are conditions of the body. Under the right condition, these things don't develop. Right. And that's bottom not line. Fed. So what is the condition for which we can breed healthy bodies? Right? Healthy, healthy, healthy environment, healthy food, healthy mind, healthy everything. So when you look at the healthcare system, instead of promoting that, mm-hmm. right? What are they promoting? Band putting a band-aid over it. Yeah. Chemotherapy, putting a band-aid over it. Right. I mean, the thing that I hear over and over again with conventional medicine is uh, I just got to get through this and then I can go back to my life. That's exactly what I didn't want. Going back to my life is essentially what would make me sick. What would make me sick? Mm. Something that I did was wrong. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen by chance. And I say it over and over again. Cancer was my best opportunity at living. Like this is what made something made me sick. And whatever that something is, I won't relive it. And that's that. I think that's a lot of what pushed me too, because I was like, "This food is making me sick. I don't want it anymore, and I never want it anymore." Mm-hmm. Or, well, you know what? If I'll have it, it'll be ten years from now when I know that I'm pure, and I take a little bite, and I say, "Okay, I'm good. That's all I want." Mm-hmm. You know? And I hate to say that food, because people say, "Oh, how, food is not food. Food. Oh, food heals you." Mm. I'd love to say that, but there's not enough broccoli in the world that you could eat to be the healthiest per- healthiest person in the world. Mm. Um, there are vitamins that you take that have all those ingredients inside. So, so for all of you out there that are listening and saying, oh, she just had a really good diet, it's not necessarily just that. Yeah. It takes discipline. It takes a lot more than a healthy diet. Um, it's saying no to the foods that don't help you. Mm. So if a food does not heal you, don't eat it. I know. I've, I'm trying to work on that. Like before I it's bite something, right. like, is this going to nourish me? Or, yeah. And, and I haven't been that good at it. I went a week of being really good at it and then I kind of like got off and then I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Get Go, back getting on. off once is fine. That's beautiful. It's about being human. Yeah. Right? Go and enjoy. I know. So for, as far as the healthcare system is concerned, I, I, and it also upsets me too because they only pay for the conventional method mm. and yeah. it sucks. Yes. Because the face of cancer is somebody who is bald. Mm-hmm. And I'm not bald. Right. Never was. Never was. Never I have cancer be. or had cancer. I'm in remission now. I mean, you can, I guess you can't really say that I'm, I don't have cancer anymore until like years have passed and I'm still in remission. And then I'll be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all I did was vitamins, really. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did super intensive vitamin therapy. I did blood work. Um, the scans they covered, thankfully. But if I hadn't, I found my doctor who was able to monitor me and give me the vitamins that I need, I would have been stuck doing conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. And not enough of that exists. Right. Not enough opportunity. And it, it, I feel really bad. I'm actually helping a young lady, a, a girl who is my friend. I played basketball with her. And she, uh, 
And I'm trying to talk her, not talk her out of it, but I'm trying to tell her my perspective and what I went through just so that she can see that there are options for her. But I'm telling you, insurance paints one picture. Mm -hmm. One picture. Doctors paint one picture. I went to three different doctors and they said, oh, go find somebody who coincides with what you agree with and which one you think is best fit for you. So I would go to the doctors and say, so what is my routine? What are you going to give me? And the answers were the same across the board. I said, what the heck am I doing going to all these different doctors? Like, you're not really. And I would ask them questions and they wouldn't have answers. So let me direct you to this specialist. So what do you specialize in? You know nothing about my cancer, but you can give me that medicine. Mm. There's, there's so much underlying too. So can I say one more thing in regards to that? Please. So there's one, ex one test. It's called the CARIS test, C-A-R-I-S. Um, and the CARIS test takes the tumor or takes the original biopsy and it tests it in different, um, what do you call it, under different circumstances uh, when it is faced with different agents. So for example, when it's faced with turmeric, when it's faced with mushrooms, when it's faced with, um, um, what do you call it, different types of chemotherapy, different mm -hmm. drugs, right? So, and then they test to see whether or not that drug or whatever is proven in history or it is effective because everybody's cancer is different. This is also another thing I didn't know, right? So there's breast cancer and then there's like a trillion different types of breast cancer. Yeah. So everybody was offering me the same treatment and they said like 40% chance of it working on me. I'm like, I'm going to lose my life for a year and then five years after that I can't have a baby and you can only give me about 40% chance. Yeah, well, no, whatever. So. I asked for this test and they all refused me this test. And I said, but that doesn't make sense. Why are you giving me the drugs before you know if they're going to work for me? Mm -hmm. And I had to get like, so when I went to finally see my doctor, he's like, oh, we're doing that test. I was like, thank you. Like, it turned out that those drugs wouldn't have worked for me. Mm -hmm. That they were going to give me. I would have been bald and it would have been pointless. Whoa. Yep. Yep. Immunotherapy would work on me. So they also tested different immunotherapy drugs. Immunotherapy worked me. And, and I heard a rumor that Sloan Catering is actually opening up a facility that they can do the tests on site there now before they offer the chemotherapy. I mean, come on. Duh. For me, that just makes sense. Why would you not so do it in that fucking order? Because uh, the healthcare system. <sighs> because yeah. you have insurances that are not willing to pay for it because, I mean... I hope this podcast doesn't get blocked, but Big Pharma does. Big Pharma uh, has a big role yeah. in making sure that the drugs get administered before the actual testing gets done. Mm -hmm. Of course. I don't doubt that one slight bit. Yeah. Not it sucks. All. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm just a little person, but I'm just a little person with this big freaking story. And like, this is just for me, common sense. I don't know about the rest of the world. It is. People just don't want to admit it to themselves that are in that world because... Until it happens to somebody yep. in their family and then yep. they don't want to go that route. You know what I mean? Because they have the access to doing it right. I don't know. Well, on that note, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Is, was there anything about it that you found surprising in a good way in the healthcare system? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, like in a good way. They didn't pay for my mastectomy. I, I, I don't know. I'm going more negative. I yeah. really, I can't think of, I can't think of anything. The only thing is that they, they give me every, like every couple months, they allow me to get my scans. Mm. Whereas I allow don't. Allow you yeah. to get your scans? Yeah. I know this oh is a funny thing to say, right. but my mastectomy is a one crazy story. My bilateral mastectomy. 
Want to share it? Uh, sure. So I discovered that, so I had five um, needle biopsies, five by the time I'd actually decided what route I was going to take because, and it was like all spread out. Doctors were complete pricks to me. Like, oh, I think it's in your clear boob. Let's just test something random in your clear boob. Clear to, boob? Yeah. Like the one that doesn't have cancer. Oh. Like my, I have cancer on my <laughs> okay. right side. They're like, oh, but I think it's impossible for it not to be on that side. And it was just like a roller coaster. Forget it. Um, so I wanted a bilateral mastectomy because I do have the gene, even though today I don't promote it because I do believe in epigenetics, but I said, let's, um, let's just remove them. I don't want this headache. Plus I, I like myself better this way. I always hated my breasts to be honest. Um, but going back, I learned that when you needle biopsy or you bother cancer, um, Cancer, just like any old, any cell or whatever that's living, will look for a host or some way to survive. Mm -hmm. So once you gets interrupt angry. it, it kind of gets angry and it goes to find somewhere else. It kind of spreads. And I asked doctors, are you sure you're poking cancer? Are you sure you're not spreading it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this kind of cancer. Not this kind of cancer. And I was of saying course. to myself, I mean, mm, I don't know. So I did five. And then I discovered through my doctor a month and a half later, a month later, that there exists this one type of... Um, uh, surgery and it's called laser surgery and laser ablation. Um, this one doctor here in Long Island, Dr. Ancinelli, he's old, he's a little older now. Um, and he was the only person who, like when I say only person, only person that does laser surgery, um, quite expensive, but, um, a couple of upsides to it is that instead of slicing through a cell, which causes that cell to sort of look for a new host or spread or like the surrounding cells to spread rapidly, what it does is you could think about it like a vacuum, like it, in the event that you're cutting through the skin, like a paper cut hurts, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The difference between a paper, a paper cut slices through the cells through the center, let's just say, um, whereas, and, and that's what causes the pain, like the very acute pain. The ablation just literally, there's no damaged cells. It literally picks up the cells and allows them to repair. So think about it like a vacuum. You have a vacuum laser and it goes through and it just sort of picks up the cells and there's no damaged cells, so there's no pain. Mm. And when I say, so not only that, it's picking up not only the cancer cells, but the cells that are surrounding the cancer cells and it's also allowing the body to heal. On another note, in the event that they miss the tumor, there's more cancer in that area, just like any disease or any cut or wound, the body realizes that there's extra heat. So your body sends messengers to go, messengers and, the, and, and, and warriors out to battle whatever it is to sort of heal really fast. And in doing so, because there's, there are no damaged cells there, it actually your body attacks the cancer cells at the same time. So whatever's left behind is kind of healed. Um, and taken care of. So, um, okay. So where was I at? Um, laser. I, yeah. So we, I did this laser surgery. Um, and another upside to it is that I was on Tylenol for just the day of the surgery. An hour after the surgery, it was a, I forget, two, three hour surgery, something like that. An hour after the surgery, I went to my doctor to do vitamin therapy and to flush my body of the um, uh, uh, the stuff that they give you to fall asleep. I forget my mind. Anesthesia. Is yep, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, just to flush it. So I was wide awake. I have pictures. I'm just chilling. Wow. Um, huh. Zero pain. Two days later, uh, zero pain. Zero pain. Complete. Like I was, I was walking in and about. I had drains in my drains in for two, three days. You still had your breasts. They just took out the cancer. No. No, they took out. 
Oh. No breasts. Yeah. Oh, wow. One day. No breasts. And no pain. Two hours. Baby. No pain. Oh, my God. No pain. Two days later, it was my son's birthday, and I was like, no, I'm not going to let this interfere with my son's birthday. We had a birthday party for him. I had over 50 people at my house, and I set up the decorations. I did everything. What? There's, I'm, if I'm telling you, and guess what? Insurance didn't pay for a single thing. $30,000 it cost. Well, um, now I'm just thinking about like college tuition, thinking about the rest of the world, like who the hell can pay for that? That would put people in the hole. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't pay for it. I was just fortunate that I had a lot of support, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, it took me a year and a half up until like recently, a year and a half to actually even get some of that money back. So from the and I had two surgeries because there was some type of error and I wanted him to fix it. Mm. So the first surgery was 24,000 and then the next one was like 5 or 6,000. Mm. Um for the second surgery or the 5 or 6,000 dollar one, insurance gave me $700. And then for the other one that was $24,000, they gave me $4,000. <laughs> it was just like a slap in the face. Yeah. Um and I, like in my head I'm like this is what you pay for women like doing regular surgery? Why? Because they have a hospital but they're in the hospital for, for a week after bilateral mastectomy. A week. They can't move. They're in pain. Well, that's they're on how they're drugs. Making money. They're on like for me, this doesn't make sense. It makes sense because it's money. That's why. You know, it's not about healing. It's not about. And I mean, the people working in the hospital wish it was, but it's not up to them. And what drives me crazy it was a two-hour procedure, in and out, mm -hmm. in and out. Like, it was so simple. It was so easy. Wow. Cancer well, was gone. Is this guy teaching other people to do this? So insurance is not willing to pay for all this to take place. Nobody's interested. Everybody wants money off of the insurance. <sighs> Nobody's interested. But let me, but before made, I lie. He made so now he's working independently. Yeah, but now he's working independently as the only person that does it. Yeah. So not to, to that point, he's been doing it now for 40 years. 40 years. We're talking about something that's been around for a long time. He's in the paper from 30 years ago saying that he's the leading thing in breast cancer. But why did it stop? And I feel like there's a big black hole somewhere that doesn't give us the information. So what I'm seeing now through research is Columbia University um, and then another hospital in the city are starting now to open up facilities that do this. Yeah. But they don't even do this. So the, And they call it trials. This is not trials. We know this works. Yeah. It's not trials. Right. Um, they're doing their trials and they don't remove the breast. They just remove the tumor, which is brilliant too, right? Why are you going to do the needle biopsy where you know the cancer will spread? So wait, in, in about 10 years from now, they're going to say, oh, we shouldn't do that anymore, you know, because now we figured out that it spread. I mean, come on. So now they're just removing the tumors to test the tumors and it heals almost immediately. So people can keep their breasts. You people can keep their to. breasts. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. At least it sounds like this is going somewhere slowly but surely. Yeah, like for it's you just upsetting that it's a big lie. Yeah. It's a big lie. Don't tell me you're in trial phases right now. Right. Like that you're not the first ones to try this. You're not. You're not. Um, and this guy's been in the newspaper 30 years ago. We need to get his name out there. Yeah. And just put this information. Yeah. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we'll get into this later, but did you take any prescription medications? So, yes, I did. Okay. Um... I was scheduled for chemotherapy twice in two different hospitals. So, so because that's the first thing you do. I didn't even know these doctors and like sign this paper, come in next week, you're scheduled. Mm. They walked me around the facility, whatever. So it was about two, a month and a half to two months into what I was doing at home without actually choosing a treatment mm. where I, I had people calling me and begging me, make a choice. 
please, you're going to die. Make a choice. Um, and I said, I can't, I can't make a choice. People from the hospital? No. no. Friends, family, oh. people that have been through cancer before, that had cancer before. They're like, they're like, come on, just make a choice. Your cancer's growing inside you right now. And in my head, I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's not. What I'm doing is helping. What I'm doing is helping. I had a regimen on my refrigerator. It was, it was, for me, it was working. Yeah. So I was scheduled to do the chemotherapy. But in order to do that, if I wanted to have babies in the future, I needed to put my body into menopause so that I stopped my ovaries. Right? Temporarily? Yeah. But it wasn't supposed to be temporarily because my treatment was chemotherapy, surgery, radiation, and then five to ten years of hormonal therapy where I'd be in menopause at 30 years old until 35. And then you come back out at 35. You come back out and then go back in. I mean, let's just be honest because at that point, you're, I could have like, what, one, one baby, two babies, and then, you know, at the end of my 40s, I'm back in. So for me, my cancer was an estrogen progesterone positive cancer, which means it fed off of hormones completely. Um... So, so dairy. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. Um, so what I did was, because I was scheduled for chemotherapy and I still didn't know, it all happened so fast, and I still didn't know um, I needed to be on this shot called Lupron, which stopped my ovaries and put me into menopause seven days before my first chemo shot, my first chemo um, infusion. So I did that. And I'll never forget this. And I guess this is why I, I, I give a lot to my husband. It's because I, I rely on him a lot, like a lot. Um, and so we were there and they had to inject it in my butt, these butt heads. <laughs> so I was in the effusion center that I was going to be at and, and the lady was and I, like, and I'm asking questions to the nurse and she was getting frustrated with me because I was just like, you're about to inject me with my first shot ever. And like, I don't know what this stuff is. Um, so I was asking, and she's like, I'm on a time frame. Yeah, seriously. It was like that. And meanwhile, it was at night. Like, I'm like, just leave me alone. Like, you know, you know what I'm going through? Um, and that's the thing. I always asked questions. I always pissed a lot of people off. And the fact that that bothers people and pisses them off is yeah because you feel like they feel like I'm questioning them but they don't they don't understand I'm not questioning them I know that they're smart and they know what they're doing mm -hmm. it's just like why can't you know a little bit outside of what you do I think that's why I'm not going to be a teacher anymore because I don't want to do just that I want the I want to know about the world mm -hmm. I want to know about everything yeah um, so I was sitting there. And she's like, oh, we have to inject it in your butt. I was like, okay. So my husband's behind me and he's he's like shaking in his seat. And he goes to me, um, literally, she has the needle, ready to go, pants down. And she's like, okay, lean against the wall. About literally a second before the needle goes in, she's like, one, two. My husband screams out, I don't believe in this. I think this is bullshit. And I burst into tears. Like, it was like so dramatic. I was like, douche. Like, like don't do it now. Don't do that now. But that was such an inspirational moment because I'm happy. My husband never like speaks his, speaks like his feelings and emotions. And he never persuaded me to go in any direction. But in that moment, he was like, this is not what I want for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that support that I knew, like I wanted, I, a lot of me wanted to make him happy. Mm -hmm. So that support that I had mm -hmm. was like, okay. So having said that, my ovaries were in um, menopause. I started getting menopausal. So I get hot flashes. Oh, so and all you that. did get the shot? Yes, I got the shot. No, I got it. Oh. I got it. Um, because again, I was scared of dying. People are telling me I'm gonna die. Yeah. So that and actually, that's known as a chemotherapy shot. They give it to women usually when they struggle with having babies um, to, to to help like stop the ovaries and then make them go and like to play around with the hormones. Oh, it's like part of the fertility process. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So. But for me, I said, it's a win-win because 
I would stop my ovaries, which means my estrogen would go really low, which means no longer feeding the cancer. And in the event that I wanted to do chemotherapy, I was ready. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I went to my doctor, my now doctor, I, I met him that week. And I said, I, I'm doing, I just did chemotherapy, you know? Mm-hmm. I met him that week. I, I just did uh, Lupron. And, he, and I was like, and I was like, I think I want to continue it. And he goes, yeah, continue it. So I continued Lupron for five months. The butt shot. The butt shot. Mm. But I, I started injecting it into myself. I started doing my own shots um, in the thigh. Oh. Um, so, yeah. That was like, that's, that's my medicine. And then I also am on uh, metformin, which diabetics are on. It just reduces my blood sugar. But I'm not going to be on that for much longer. Mm-hmm. Again, this is, I'm, I'm weaning myself off. So if that's the bulk of the medicine that I'm on. So I was on Lupra, I was in menopause for five or six months. Never forget the hot flashes. Oh my and gosh. Yeah, it was so funny. Mood swings? Um, I, my husband can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Don't ask him. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, mood swings. I think, honestly, I was, I was my best self because I was healthy also because I was eating really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd lost a lot of weight. I was eating really well. I felt really good. A lot of energy. Um, it wasn't, I feel like it was less mood swings because of the fact that I was more stable. I was more stable than I'd ever been. Yeah. you. It was better than how you were feeling when yes. you felt like you were about to die. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this is helping. Yeah. yeah. I, felt, I felt like that. It so like my medicine, my medicine, so I stopped taking the Lupron. My medicine till today that I've taken for this treatment was Lupron for five months, four or five months, and then I, the metformin that I take every day. So I take one little thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's good to know. I was really curious if it was like only vitamins yeah, and food, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Awesome. Thank you. So we play around with hormones. You play around with this blood sugar level. There's also ways that you can like lower your blood sugar. But again, we're looking for least restrictive, right? We try to not kill me and maintain, you know, good, my great immune system, something that doesn't interfere too much with the immune system. And that's what I was into, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm not hundred percent against conventional medicine, but there it doesn't have to be extreme. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the majority of yeah. the treatment. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it just it can like enhance your other treatments yes. or like as long assist. as it, as long as it doesn't interfere, right? As mm-hmm. long as it doesn't weaken the immune system, because then you're doing the opposite, right? You're right. you are the goal. Is, yes, the goal is to, you know, fix not put the band aid on it, but fix the problem. Yeah, amazing. Well, you actually kind of mentioned this earlier, but recently on Instagram, you posted about how somebody said cancer is the most amazing opportunity. And whether or not you agreed right when it was said, you mentioned how through all the fear and terrifying thoughts, cancer has given you this new sense of purpose that you feel driven by now. What was life like for you before breast cancer and how has it changed your life for the better? So I was always, that's a good question. So I was always a driven and passionate person. So as a teacher, um, I I had a really big role in my school. Um, I was a dean. I was a mentor. I ran programs. Um, Like I got along well with the kids and it was just because of my fire, you know, my energy. And when I was into, I I taught special education. So when I was into helping somebody, like I was, I was, I was neck deep. What do you call it? Like I was in it. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was on a mission. Yeah, neck deep. Neck deep, right? Um, So I was I was on a mission. I'm always on a mission. My parents tell me all the time I need to calm down because I'm driving nuts. <laughs> um, but so I was always like that, except I kept a lot inside, even though I was I'm very expressive. Very. So you could tell the look on my face when something's going on. Like it's like, oh, leave Margaret alone because something's going on or let me figure out what's going on. Um, but I kept a lot inside because I like to live my life. I, I, my, my, I'm, I'm going to say this because I just now changed after 
29 years, just now changed um, my wish on my birthday. You know, when you blow out your birthday candle mm. and my wish for 29 years has been, I want to be happy. Just give me happiness. Mm. That's it. I swear to goodness, every year. I have the same one every year too, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> give me happiness. And I'm not going to tell you this year's, mm -hmm. but I changed it this year. Cool. I changed it this year. And that's, that change came about because I masked a lot of stuff before I had cancer before mm -hmm. I was diagnosed and not masked it like I pretended like everything was okay it's just I wanted everything to be okay mm -hmm. so I accepted a lot of things mm -hmm. I allowed things to just be yeah and um not that I didn't express them but it I it just sat there and now things got worse and I was uber emotional as I am now except I'm more aware of my body. Mm -hmm. I'm more aware of what I can do for, for other people. I'm more aware because, because I can control myself more. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so for about four or five years now, I've been wanting to open up a children's play cafe. And I thought it was brilliant. And I thought it was super selfish because I love my coffee and I love my son. So what better thing to put the two together <laughs> and just do it, right? Um, and then when this happened, my frustration, my anger, my life, it just got wound up in one big ball and like I guess this whole people say life or death situation where you're you're face to face with death and you like you you have this big revelation that you want to change your life for the better and I can you can say that I had something along the lines of that um but it just and I think we discussed it earlier too how it was in those moments I'll never forget it we went to Greece a week after I was diagnosed after I'd seen so many um doctors that I was in bed and I've never felt so low in my life. And I would apologize to my husband every day. I said, I'm sorry, I just want to die because I feel bad for you. I feel bad for my son. I feel bad that, you... like, I would look at my son and say, he's going to grow up without a mom. And because I really thought I was gone. Like, I thought, and I was just like, just leave me here. Leave me here. Like, I was pushing everybody away because I didn't talk to my, I didn't literally, I wasn't a mom to my son for a solid month. I gotta say, because I said he has to get used to me not being around. And that was the way that I, I felt like I could cope with it because I was like, he's going to be amazing. And I would just do harm by making him love me more because he wouldn't be with me anymore. So it was in these lows, like the super lows and that made me kind of who I am. And like I and today, like I'm super, super grateful and passionate for those moments because in those low moments, I was the most alive I've ever been. Mm. The most alive. I felt the most. It's kind of like this. We talked about it, the, this dramatic feeling that people like are eager for. Mm. And not to say that I'm eager to get cancer, right. you know, but it was an opportunity that smacked me in the face. It was something that stepped on me, pushed me down, and I pushed it back up, mm -hmm. you know. And, and if you, unless you get pushed down, unless you literally, somebody holds you down, you're never going to want to get up. And... I want to get up like yeah. I wanted I, and now I just want to inspire I don't want kids at 20 years old to be um, to be dealt with the same circumstances um, I don't want this to happen anymore to anybody else and not to say that I'm going to prevent it I'm not a doctor I don't I don't have miracle cures but I have resources and I have a heart and I have my mission and that's the same mission that we you know to, I guess to close this question um, the same mission that drove me as a teacher to excel and to like help and to and to um, inspire and to be a model for these kids that I used to teach this is my mission now and, and that I think this mission is more worthwhile mm. wow and it's amazing because being a teacher and educator 
it's like this perfect segue into what you're doing now and besides being a mom same thing yeah yeah, you're doing the same thing in in your own type of classroom that you've created yeah it's the same thing and in fact I mean I I laugh because I go to schools to sort of talk about my program and they and I'm like hey this is the better lesson and I'm like not to say that your lesson is not good your lesson is great but this is this is the life lesson this is the lesson that will will you know what they're not teaching us what they're not teaching yeah yeah which needs to be taught yeah, I want to make a note, um, all moms who are listening. So, listen, I'm not anti-vax, but I do know that there's enough evidence to say that vaccines um, do have, you could get certain symptoms or certain outcomes from vaccines. So, um, doctors won't tell you this. It's crazy, um, but there is an ex- a test that you can take. It's a blood test that you could take on your little ones. It's called the teeter exam or the teeter test. And the teeter test actually tests for um, immunities to stuff like the chicken pox and measles, mumps and rubella and all of these other um, viruses and diseases that we, we give vaccines for nowadays. So, uh, in fact, I'm supposed to give my son viruses, uh, viruses, uh, vaccines because he's supposed to go to school. Um, and I was very super hesitant. Um, I actually have a protocol to now run a, deto- a detox program. I'm working with a doctor and she's coming up with the program Um and I'm all for it. She's, she's amazing. And she's coming up with something, a way in which we can detox kids of all the negative things that are inside of vaccines. So parents are not so fearful because it's a must and it sucks. It's the law. But, um, I just took my son to get the teeter test done. Um, doctor's like, okay, yeah, sure. You want it. I didn't realize it was that easy. I thought it was something that they'd have to order. It's like, why wouldn't they offer it yeah. to kids? Why, why just give them the vaccine? Offer it. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to give them the medicine right away? Yeah. I mean, this is prevented kind of like the test, the Karis test Mm -hmm. and to to relate it in a very weird way of life. But like today you and I jumped into a store before this, after the cafe and, and you're like, do you have any sales going on? And like, why didn't she tell you about the sales going on? She got to reach into this thing, grab a hair tie, whichever hair tie color she got was the percentage of the sale that she got and you got, and it was just like, just all, I mean, I guess what's hard is that there are so many things that could be tested. It's like there should be like a list right there. They should run through them all or something. Yeah, hey, like, do you want to take a blood test? Yeah. This blood test will prevent, like just give the option. Right. Give the option. So it turns out that my son is immune to measles, mumps, and rubella, one of the most dangerous uh, vaccines that you can provide. And I'm not chicken pox. He, she said a little bit. And I'm like, I don't understand. Everybody used to get chicken pox. Like I let my son get chicken pox and then he'll never get it again. Yeah. What do I care? Oh, but it's problematic. People have died. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit there and argue with her. I didn't do enough research to to, count, to argue with her. Um, but hey, he's not taking the MMR vaccine. I'm jumping for joy. That was It's one less vaccine that he needs to take. So parents out there, ask questions, ask mm-hmm. your doctor. If you're scheduled to take, if you have a newborn, newborns even could be um, immune to some of these things. But this is, again, this is now my mission, right? So we're we're figuring out new and better ways to to not combat. I'd like to, I'm super revolutionary, so I, I'd like to call it a revolution. Um, and that's, I'm, I, every time I'm, I'm thinking about how I want to promote, I'm thinking about it is a revolution. We need to change the way we eat. We need to change the way we do things. Um, but not even for us, you know, we're the role models, but not even for us, but for kids, there's no reason why they need to grow up and be addicted to Cheerios. Cheerios are no good for people. I'm sorry. They might have a heart on the label or, you know, say that they're only one gram of sugar, but look at the ingredients. Good for cholesterol. Yeah, I know. Yeah, compared sure. to everything else. Compared to everything else. I know. It's so true. It's like, that's not the go-to. Mm-mm. 
My, my uncle who has diabetes, he has a bowl of Cheerios. And the other day he was complaining to me. He's like, he's like, Margaret, well, he's like, I don't understand. Why, am I, why is my sugar so high? I was like, Theo, what do you eat in the morning? And he's like, I eat a big bowl of Cheerios. I have that every morning. I'm like, Theo, that's why. Oh, man. Like, he's like, but why? It says only one gram of sugar. But, Theo, look at the ingredients. Look at the carbohydrates. Like, yeah. where are these ingredients sourced from? And one gram of sugar for how many? Like, for what? A little handful? Yeah, 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 and you're, yeah exactly. Like, pouring you're, yourself a and bowl with bowl milk. With, and, with, yeah. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. Big mission. Yeah. That, this is the mission. We need to change around. Like, like there's too much money invested in, into um, these big companies that sell these products. And, and it sucks because we are buying into it. I'm a sucker for it. Mm -hmm. The other day I went to the supermarket and I bought the mozzarella sticks that had Spider-Man, not the other day, like a couple months ago, that had Spider-Man on it because my son was with me and he wanted it. I didn't think twice. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I went home. I was like, this isn't even cheese. What did I do? I I was like, I threw it out. Wasted money right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I refused. Well, at least he threw it out. Yeah, I threw out Reese's the other day. Somebody came over our house and gave us Reese's and I was like, I'm sorry, but Cosatino, here's your one and the rest is going in the garbage. You are not living like this wow they're not in my stuff like that it's not in my house and it's not to say that i don't because there's a there's a it's a double-edged sword right you don't want to completely isolate them from these foods but you also don't want to uh overexpose them right so what do you do right you teach them willpower or give them alternatives i got this chocolate instead of this chocolate or i got these pancakes instead of that pancakes or let's make cookies together and then so i'll introduce stuff like almond flour and so on so we're not so, for example, when I went on my no sugar, when I was on my no sugar, you wouldn't believe what happened when I had one, what, what I started off with berries, when I had one berry. Spike in your sugar levels? I wouldn't even know. But the next day, if I tell you that that one berry didn't satisfy me, I crave, I couldn't wait to go home so I could have a bowl of berries. Like, I craved it. Like, I was like, I was like a psychotic animal. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? And then it turned it from one bowl into berries, two bowls into berries. And I, and I would reflect on myself and say, what is going on? What is really happening here? And what is really happening here is that little bit of sugar is causing me to be addicted. Just that little bit. Mm-hmm. So you do need a little bit and you need to definitely self-monitor. But kids don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You don't isolate them completely, but you provide them with alternatives mm-hmm. so that they, they have that option. And then you teach them about it. This way they feel like they're making that choice. Yeah. You know, my son was telling me the other, today, this morning, he was like, oh, mommy, we only, we only buy the organic stuff, right? Yeah. He's like, we only eat healthy. I was like, I said, you know, you just had a cookie. And he's like, he's like, okay, you only eat healthy, mommy. <sighs> okay, fine. As long as he's saying this stuff. Yeah. And he knows, like, this is how we're going to be living our life. Well, I'm not going to bring this junk into the house. Mm-hmm. Then that's how, that's how it would be. Yeah. How is he through your breast cancer? Did um, he know what was going on, really? Or you my kinda... son is extreme. He's a Scorpio. Oh. He's extremely intuitive. He's extremely, like, he. you don't question his feelings or his emotions because he, he, he needs validation for them. Like, he is, he knows what's happening way before, but he won't say it. Heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm the same. So he's, um, and he's extremely bright. Like, he's not just, I'm not just saying because he's my son. Like, I really think he's super bright. Um, for his age, yeah. um, just that just, the things that go on in his brain, you just realize and he'll come out with it when it's like, what did you just say? Yeah. Like, um, so he knew what was going on. Like my scars, for example, mm-hmm. um, I used to take showers with my son and I, of course it came to a time where we, we should stop, you know, we should have stopped and we did, but, um, we mostly stopped because my scars and we couldn't see it. So he knew that I was hiding them from him and he would sneak into the room and he would peek until, and I'd be like, Cusadino, get out. You know, like you can't. This is private, like, but he knew, he never did that before because it was mommy. Yeah. 
now he knew that something was different. I was something. hiding something from him and I was hiding that from him. And then, uh, but it took him a solid, I gotta say like four months to ask me. So he would stare at me and it took him, like, of course I didn't show him my scars, but with clothes on and he'd look and he'd look away and he'd look and he'd look away. You could tell they weren't there anymore. Yeah, and he can tell like that something was going on, you know? And I was absent and I, 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 I hate that about what I went through. I was definitely absent for a lot of it. Um, but I'm trying to make it all up. Yeah, for I sure. think you are. I hope so. Oh, you're a good so. mom. Yeah, thanks. I really hope so. You are. Even like today, it sucks not to be with him. Yeah. I never leave that kid. Aww. He's with me everywhere. Like everywhere. I don't go anywhere just so that I can make sure that he's under my care all the time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Who have you felt most guided by on this journey? Most guided by, like, who's led me in the direction. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a bunch of faces. Yeah. Um, a bunch of people. People would call them their team or their... Um, so it's not just one person. But my I could, my husband. Yeah. There's no question. Oh. There's no question. Right. Um, like I said from the beginning, like, when, when I was in bed and I told him to leave me alone, like, let me be, and we were on vacation, um, like... He yelled at me, like, yell, like, get your ass up now. I didn't bring you here so that you could lay in bed and cry. Yeah. And yet he did. He let me cry. But he yeah. yelled. Right. And he got me up. And it was that, it was that yell before the Lupron shot, the shout before the Lupron <laughs> shot. It was, um, it was his little dance after my remission when the, guy, when the, when the doctor said I was in remission. <laughs> and he was just like, like he, we got out of the thing and he just did a skip out of the thing. He did clapped his hands and he's like, we did it. Like, we did it. And it was so true because we did it together. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it was a lot of my discipline and my, you know, he ate whatever he wanted to eat. He didn't follow my thing. He mm -hmm. didn't follow anything. Like, he's still eating whatever he wants to eat, you know. But it was definitely my discipline, but it was, it was his guidance that that wow. like he we beat cancer together yeah I definitely didn't do it by myself do you think that when he yelled in before that shot you knew more that he was going to be there for you in a way that you didn't expect in the first place yeah I don't think if I did chemo I don't think he would be there as much as he was because again this is not something that he believed in so mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted him to want to help me yeah you needed that yeah, and that's a lot of my relationship with my husband, actually. Like, like I want him to want to be there for me. Of course. Like, I, I don't know how to explain Who that. doesn't want that from I know, husband? I know. It's just, like, I feel like, like, I do. I rely, I've known him since I was 17. Mm. I'm 29. Wow. Yeah. Um, 17, prom, gosh. Wow. You mm. went to prom together? Uh, after prom. <laughs> yeah, but I was a baby, and... He taught me a lot and I learned a lot and we, we've been together and we've had, I, I always say it, we've been married for six years now, but in our six years, we've, we've basically accomplished what most marriages accomplish in a lifetime. Mm. We got married, had a kid, dealt with loss, dealt with a sickness that I should not have gotten or, you know, until we didn't anticipate that. We bought a house, we had a baby, um, an amazing baby. Um, we're both we're both very hardworking. Like we we did it all, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm grateful. Like this is I got the world. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Now everything is really complete. You that's know, so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I know. Now, wait till I get home and the yelling and screaming starts. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because we're at the same age, and I just feel like we're on such different sides of things. You know, like I'm focused on like the career first, and also you can't force 
you know, that other side, that other yeah, side's yeah. going to happen at your time, yeah. you know? So it's so not genuine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you just found it earlier and you did, and you did career, like you did that, you went that route. But I was like, there was never a career where I was like, I'm going to go down that path. Yeah. You know? And so th- I think that's what makes it really hard about finding a person and a family is like, I'm on a journey and I'm going to, be figuring it out until forever you know so until I find someone who's willing to be on this hardcore journey with me because it's like a fucking journey like I don't know where I'm turning next yeah you know what I mean and it's like instead of you know versus like a teacher path which is an amazing path you know but it's lined up for you you know what's really crazy I like I admire you because I can never be you even though I want to be you but you are that no I'm not I don't have so I don't so that's another thing about me that I, I which is which is crazy while I'm a rebel I always I always make sure I got a backup mm. I mean I right? do also in certain ways so like you know, so like, like I have a full-time job luckily well, I really you go, love you it see? but I, yeah I have a full-time job yeah. of course I mean the the end goal is to work for myself one day but I'm still like even full-time jobs on this journey are very intentional yeah you know like this is what I'm looking for in my life and in my skill set and I need to take this job based off of the skills I already have based off of where I want to go it's not where I want to be but it's a great next step you know it's a wonderful next step so it's perfect for right now you know what I mean so it's kind of just like that and it's like the right person and it's not easy to find somebody who's willing to do that that, yeah so flexible and yeah And, yeah, and, like, figure it all out together. So I think it's different versus, like, someone who's, like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to go down the teacher path. I'm going to live in this place. I love it here. My family's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've never, you know, it's kind of. I think that's what this this new journey is for me. Yeah. It's, like, an outside of the box. I need to, because I've done the safety, safe route. But you're taking your skill set and you're taking everything that you know and love and and you're jumping in off a cliff. Ah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. It's the best, but jumping off a cliff is so much fun. But I feel like I feel like what's happening is the the intention behind the store is so pure yeah. and so um, it's unique, pure, and I mean, there's it's made there's with an, love. Yes, your dad is inside right now. <laughs> your friend is inside right now. Your all your dad's friends want to help. Like it's a family business. Yeah, your sister. This is not yeah. just like oh, I'm just gonna do this. It's like this is what needs to be done. Yeah. And together, like my sister specializes in uh, early childhood intervention. So she works with autistic children, young, um, under two or three. And then, um, and I've been a special educator and now with this health kick and, and she's tagging along and we're kind of like putting our heads together. So this new endeavor I think is, is going to work. Yeah. That's Mm. amazing. At what point in your story did you meet the person who supported your holistic decisions versus the systemic path? So I had a lot of people that called me and a lot of people, when you get cancer, when you get sick, yeah. everybody's like, oh, speak to this person, call this person. Oh, I'm going to have this person call you. Like my mom was calling random people. I'm like, ma, stop telling people I have cancer. Yeah. Like she's like, no, no, no. You have to tell people because people need to know. You don't never know yeah. what resources. And then I get she's like right. random. Yeah. But at that point I was just like, and same thing with my friend now who has cancer. At that point I was like, ma, I don't want anybody to know. Leave me alone. My mind is bombarded. Like, so I did have a, um, a physicist, physicist, like, um, what did he do? He made medicine for, um, hormones, um, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have another friend, um, they live in upstate who also had breast cancer. And these are two people that had just continued calling and calling me and saying, please don't do chemo. Please don't do chemo. And this is like amongst, um, while I was going to like 
signing up for it. And they were just like, you know, they were very on my side. Yeah. You know, so for me, it was a very uh, like there were little glimpses of hope that said, you know, one of them was like, oh, drink baking soda. The other one was, and then I went to a, a, a holistic doctor. Yeah, I drank baking soda for a little while. It's some crazy things. I went to a holistic doctor. Guys, listen, don't, don't. Don't do what I say without the help of a doctor, no. um, but to drink um, turpentine to detox. You know, we all know what turpentine is, right? Nope. Okay, I'm not advertising that people do this. Look into the research, though. Um, and that's the first thing. The first thing that will come up is that it's poisoned, but um, prior to, I think, like 1830-something, um, it was used as a, a cure-all, turpentine, to actually drink it. Um, yeah. Did you try that? Crazy. I did drink tea tree oils, which is turpentine. Um, mm. Uh, in its most purest form through Young Living. I actually, I did actually try a couple of table, tablespoons of turpentine. I didn't die. Um, but it was, uh, I didn't do it like a, as a routine, mm -hmm. you know? Do you ever feel like it's hard to really know what worked or you you know, like what would you say worked for you the best? Raw food. Raw food. And this laser surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Raw food. Raw food made me feel the best. It made me, it definitely messed with my stomach mm. um, because I went, I went super. So what I did in the beginning was not only did I do keto, but I did keto, alkaline and hormonal um, foods. So I, I, and this was my advice for everybody. If you're dealt with a situation, you do your research. What should I eat to help me? What should I not eat? And that's what you're not going to eat. And you make three charts. What are the diets that you're going to work with? And then cross-check them all mm. and cross off anything that does not help all three of them. Because mm. And that was my diet. I was limited to like 10 foods. So, But that's how it was. And that's what I ate for a solid like four or five months. Can you list them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so fatty fish. Fatty fish. That was my sense of source of protein. Um, so that's salmon, uh, mackerel. Uh, sardines, that stuff, right? And, and when I was in Greece, it was like, oh yeah, I got all this good stuff. Okay, um, I also did uh, arugula salads up the wazoo, like arugula, kale, all organic, all um, raw, right? So obviously no cooking. Um, hmm, what else? My mind is drawing a blank right now. But oh, oh my gosh, how is my mind drawing a blank? Cauliflower and broccoli. If I tell you, my grandmother in Greece, my, 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 my father's grandmother in Greece, she would yell at me every morning because for morning in the morning I would have like two heads of broccoli, like not even sauteed, raw broccoli, salt, pepper, um, salt, pepper, oregano, olive oil, and then three poached eggs on top. And that's what I would eat for breakfast. And then for lunch, I would do something similar where it would be a salad where I would put red onion in there and garlic and all that stuff. So, so again, the garlic, the onion, the broccoli, but like when I say broccoli, breakfast, lunch, dinner, like that was my raw, there was raw, there was no, there was no, you know, mixing any of that. That um, makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what, so I learned how to also like make things tasty. And so if you're struggling with eating healthy, my advice is get yourself some good spices. So like, I love Mexican food. I love, um, Indian food, um, Greek food, obviously Mediterranean. So you get, um, all the different spices that would have these. And Hey, if you're in the mood for tacos, I got an idea. You get these big lettuce wraps, right? You fill them with, um, hard boiled egg. You put some paprika over it and some chipotle powder, some lime, some, a lot of cilantro, some, um, red chili flakes, and you eat your taco because that's what you got. Like an egg taco. That's what you got. Tastes the same.
Huh. Tastes the same. You don't have to hold your nose. You put like that flavor. It's something that you're, yeah, you put some cauliflower or riced cauliflower, right? Did you eat raw cauliflower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raw cauliflower. Mm. I, I ate a rice too. So like, again, we altered, I, I did alternate, um, but for a salad, like two, three months, raw, everything. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I made to try that. Yeah. No, it was really cool. But again, I did eat my eggs. Fat, high fats, mm -hmm. super high fats, a lot of ghee. Um, I did eat my eggs. I did eat um, my salmon. So I, you can't say I was ever a vegan. And mm -hmm. I don't think that that's fair to say because I wasn't. And a lot of people say, oh, what'd you do? You ate a lot of vegetables. Yeah, I ate a lot of vegetables. But I also ate what else I thought was good for my body. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Did you find yourself having any type of mantra that kept you going with a positive mindset? So I didn't stop working at all. Mm -hmm. I stopped working only for my surgery. I took one month off, which I didn't even need it, but I took it off again because I healed so well and so fast. I had two surgeries in one month, two weeks apart, and I was back at work. Wow. Um, so, and so, yeah, I think it was like, I'll never forget the day going back to work too. Oh my God, I have so many stories to tell, but not now, for another day. Yeah, um, we'll get you back on so, here. Once everything's up and running, let's yeah, do it. Please. Yeah, please. Um, so... I think it was a lot of like, it was a mission. I was on a mission mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah, that's it. Doc, from doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment. To kill and to, killer. Yep, and every time I went, and even now, this number went up, this number went up, this number went up. You're doing phenomenal. Go home. Wow. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, good. That's uh, good. Oh I'm gosh. like, yeah, nothing's really, fun. like, and that was my thing, you yeah. know? And you're probably, it's probably like positive, not reinforcement, but what's that thing, that positive, uh, like for dogs, <laughs> Pavlov's dog. Yeah, I guess positive, positive reinforcement. reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, or whatever it is, just to mo be motivated by like, oh my gosh, I'm doing better and better every time. That's amazing. Now let's chat about your business. Okay. What is it called, and what's about to happen here? Okay, ready for it? Yes. Um, it is called Oh My Goodness. It's a youth wellness center. We call ourselves a center because we center around everything that is for wellness. And we're talking about um, from food to, um, to vitality in terms of tinctures and medicines and oils that are used for uh, medicinal purposes. And then into um, mind, you know, in right mind. Um, stuff like yoga, meditation, mandalas. Um, so, and again, it centers around children. Mm -hmm. So it's a place, because I always knew that there was never a place that I can go and really be satisfied with what they had for my child. Um, not in terms of play. I mean, my son could play anywhere, but... Um, to learn. To not only, but aside from learning, because how many centers are there for learning, right? But it's also, there's never a place that you can go where your kid could play where there's not pizza mm -hmm. or chicken nuggets or macaroni and cheese, right? And it's... It's sad, but it just doesn't exist. I feel like every community needs an oh my goodness because here we have almond flour pancakes, we have fruit, we have egg bowls, we have, and these are all things that kids could eat. Um, we have um, dairy-free toast, um, we have quesadillas. Um, these are, again, adults could eat them, kids could eat them, um, but it, and it's primarily organic. So we're promoting definitely that aspect. Um, and then another thing is, where do you go, where do you go to just be well? Like, mm -hmm. where can you go, aside from a park, yes, where you prepare your own food, and I get that. And um, on a shitty day, yes, you can't do that. But, uh, yes, exactly. Like, where do you go to know that you are secure here? 
And if you need something, there's a resource available to you. So I'm uh, working with a few doctors who are going to be providing us with, um, with papers and articles on um, new treatments for children or things about ADHD and autism and how we can help reverse some of those symptoms. And then um, tinctures as far as like algebraic and other stuff for um, medicinal purposes. and like, For like colds. Yeah, like just, just an educational outlet for parents to go and say, hey, I'm dealing with this or I know somebody that's dealing with this. How do you think you can help? And I can point them. I can help. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I can point them in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? It's a res- I'm a resource. Yeah. And that's what I consider myself. And that's what I consider, oh, my goodness. It's a community center. It's a place where kids can come and play and have fun and learn how to take care of themselves the right way. And that was what the problem was all along. Yeah, and it's not just for the kids. It's where they can come and play and the parents can come and, like, chat and learn with each other and get resources yeah. for each other. And that's so smart. So right now, actually, we have a bunch of classes for kids to learn how to do yoga um, and meditation and art and all that stuff um, related to health and wellness, like emotional outlet um, for them in terms of art. But um, down the road, we're going to be doing, um, mom's classes and, and, uh, or parent classes on nutrition and breastfeeding and the fourth trimester, um, and fourth trimester. Yeah. It's the one of part postpartum and what oh. to do afterwards now that you got the baby and like that whole, cause it's not over, you know, mm. it's not, not just because you have the baby. It doesn't mean it's over. It's just out of you, you know, and you're dealing with so much. Um, and you don't know what's right or wrong. And who do you listen to in those scary moments? Tell me, who do you listen to? I don't know. Your mom who tells you to do these old school things that are now proven wrong or you go to the doctor and the doctor says, don't worry, give him some Tylenol. Like, no, you are who I want to go to. This is, I'd love to be the person that people come to because I, while again, while I'm not a doctor, I can provide a resource. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that's my quest. And there's going to be uh, up to date articles there. So you're a parent and you want to learn a little bit more. There's going to be laminated articles there for you to read. And, and, and periodically there's going to be, um, like a medicine of the month, like a tincture of the month that this way that has all the research behind why they should take it and what it's beneficial for. So it could be, and the products can be purchased there so that, you know, we're all just one, in one community and we find ourselves helping one another. I love it. Mm. I love it so much. Do you think the fact that you have a little boy has shaped your life onto this path of educating the youth, or have you always thought of education being this important since you ended up as a teacher before yeah, you had a kid? Yeah. Yeah. So I always wanted, from like 12 years old, um, I was I was bad growing up. Like I was, I would three brothers and three of us in the house. I was the one who was getting in trouble. Two out of the seven days a week, I was I was in punishment. Like, there's no questions asked. It was like, Margaret, get to your room now. Close the door. No toys, no games, no nothing. And that happened until I was, like, 15. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, but it was at, like, 13 years old that I said that I can't wait to be a mom. Because I said, I want to be a mom because, because I want to, I know how to take care of me in a way that my parents couldn't do that for me. Because, mm-hmm. of course, it's the rebellious mindset, you know. It's like, you can't control me, but I know how to control me, you know. Mm-hmm. So this was like, that was always what I wanted to do. And I felt like I had, a, even then, even though I didn't have stories to tell, like, I feel like I had stories to tell. Like, even when I talk to my students today, actually, by the time this probably is, gets out there, I will have done, finished, but Monday's my last day. So this week is super emotional for oh me. Oh, my gosh. Um, even stories I tell with my students, like, I'm like, yeah, growing up, I was this, I was that. And like, I would start to get emotional with them. And 
And I always like, so I looked at them like they were my children. In fact, one of the comments from one of my administrators was like, you need to stop being a mom to them because you're going to end up so heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. That is who I am. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. There, you go, go, there we go. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. I was just yeah. talking about that yesterday. I'm like the first inkling of control that someone like anything or someone or something has over me. I'm like, fuck you. Like, yeah. No, no, no. Don't mm-hmm. take it. I love it. Did you always want to open something up like this or was it your journey through breast cancer that made you feel competent and confident enough to go through with this big dream so quickly? So I said that I wanted to, for like four or five years, I wanted to do a play cafe, right? I was a mom who loved coffee and I'd love to be like, and and I I didn't want to be so selfish as to go bring my son to a cafe. So I'd like a place for him to play and learn and have fun, right? So imagine like you're just sitting down with some girlfriend drinking coffee and your kid's off running around. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um... But then when I got sick, it became a different mission. It became something totally different, less selfish, more selfless. Bring it all all together. Yeah, bring it all together. And biggest thing, the most important thing. I think that's what happens in life. If you're on a mission, any kind of mission, and maybe your mission isn't specific, but you're on one, and I feel like mine's kind of like that as well, in a sense. It's going to happen. Big things. Just things come together. New new things happen, and they all just come together and merge. Believe it. And then you have no idea what you create and it's really cool that I'm like I don't know how this is all coming together but between, it is. between our logo and the way everything looks and how 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 this is like I'm 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 in awe every day because it's exactly what I envision yeah you know I just hope parents are as receptive I think they will be let's see yeah I think they will be too what are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being oh this is super important I'm happy you asked me because I've been, because especially with the store and dealing with all these emotions and uh, maintaining the house at home and working full time at, at work, you know, um, I've, I've lost myself a lot. Um, so the past couple of weeks, I've been like bombarded with stress. And before, the old me would be like, no, stress is good. Stress means something good is happening. <laughs> well, I learned that that stress could cause cancer. So what I decided, where I realized more so now is I need to take care of myself. Um, and that taking care of myself would mean getting to bed on time. Um, while I don't do yoga or anything right now, um, I do, uh, I like to engage in conversations like the one we had this morning. I think that that's so pure and essential. Um, I have a sauna, so I make sure that I'm in my sauna um, at least An 25 infrared sauna. infrared sauna. That's right, 25 minutes. It's super healing and it's super. And I do a little bit of meditation in there, so 25 minutes, even if it's like a five minute meditation. And then the rest, I have this. Um, it's so great. I think I'm gonna just give you the link that you could attach it to purchase this. Um, it's a coloring book, mandalas, but it has um, grown up affirmations in it. So it says, "You're the fucking shit," or you fucking rock or don't fucking doubt yourself. Like it's all these things on these different pages. And like you you find yourself not only coloring in the mandalas and feeling that sense of like peace and calmness, but as I'm coloring it, I'm freaking reading that line over and over and over again. So I have my meditation. I have that. Um, I have my green tea. I'm like, like even right now, like can't wait to go home and have my matcha. Um, I make it myself and I'll drink it in two minutes. Who the hell cares? But this is something that is like peace and calming for me, you know? So that's, I definitely put a lot of, so the little things, the 25 minutes when my son goes to bed, that's like the me time. Wow. Is there a daily or weekly habit that you have that is a non-negotiable in your lifestyle? Matcha. Matcha? That's it. Cool. Yeah, I drink, I drink, um, I drink close to a gallon of water, a day, over a gallon of water a day. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, and majority of that is matcha. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of science behind that. Ladies and gentlemen, just drink your matcha. Really? Um, we'll get into the science behind matcha on another, yeah. uh, on another day, but oh definitely God. drink your matcha. And even just your water. Honestly, I recently, I just want to plug this. There's this water bottle right here. I'll show you. Yeah. Called Hydromate. Fill it. And yeah. every is notch. Is it liters? It's, one liter? It's in milliliters. Yeah. So that whole thing is one liter. I think so. Yeah. So Wait, the one it's a I thousand have, milliliters. So the one I have is I, I purchased a mason jar. And it does the trick. You have to drink. You have to drink technically like two of those. Two of those a day. Two I liters drink a day. Two of these a day. Yep. So this one is. I bought a glass mason jar, Amazon. I bought a, a rubber uh, outside because now we're we're moving into glass, right? That's yeah. another thing that oh my goodness promotes big time. And then I bought a plastic co cover, right? Um, and so this is half a liter. So I know that I need to drink four of these a day to be satisfied to fulfill everything. And Wait, I have is more that than, half of this. That's half of this. Wow. Yeah. So that's the thing. And I, and water, I was really bad at drinking water for, for forever. And like, I'm like, why am I so tired all day? Why am I so lethargic? Oh my God. And it's like, also my diet, you know, I should be snacking yeah. less and because sugar makes yep. me just like crash. But this water, the past, I think three weeks I've been using it. I can't Good. talk it up enough. I, I know. I have sure. energy all day. Do you do, and where do you get your water from? This, we have a machine at work that I had gotten and yeah. it's like triple filtered, nice. like amazing okay, water. Good. Yeah, that's also super important. Yeah. Um, your water can cure you. Like, yeah. And I don't doubt that. Like your water can cure you. My energy levels are out of this world and I've actually gotten two people to like look into it and purchase it. And I'm like, really? and I even messaged them. I'm like, do you guys so have So they're like purchasing the bottle? Is yeah. it, does the bottle have a filter on it? No. 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 Okay. It's, that's like up to you and on you. But yeah. at home, I don't have any kind of filter or anything. So I just boil my water. And then oh, drink my water boiled. No, oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, but I actually just came in um, contact with a company. My doctor actually recommended I'm going to get it for the store too. It's not too expensive. So I know water filters are very expensive. Um, this one whole house system um, or whole tap water system, right? So maybe not your showers, like anything coming out of a faucet. I would say um, it's like 500, 600 bucks a month, or no, it's just for one. the system. Okay. Yeah. Because the company we have at work is really great. I don't know how far they expand out of the city, but it's called Hydrate, but H-R-Y-D with an eight. Okay. Um, oh, cute. Okay. Really cute. And it has like, and they, you know, service yeah. it. They're so this really is great. reverse osmosis as well as uh, additional filters for minerals. Mm. So pretty phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, and one-time payment And I know they get really expensive. Oh, That's nice. Yeah. I mean, just a one-time payment is good. I know. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. What is it you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago? Adaptogens. Adaptogens are my life right now. Um, so, adapt a whole, we opened up a whole new can of worms. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, so, adaptogens, you have to think about it like this. Adaptogens are herbs or things um, in nature that uh, bring your body back to homeostasis, right? So they maintain the hormonal, ba hormonal balance, adrenal function, so that you don't get all out of whack. So that's one thing that's totally different from before. Like when I see myself stressing out a lot, I'm like, oh, I got to up my ashwagandha. I got I to gotta put a little bit more um, of the reishi in my, in my drink. So I usually put that in my coffee every day. How um, do you know what you need? You feel your body, oh. you know, you feel where you're at. If you're, you know, you're that time of the month and you feel you're a little jittery and something's going on, you add something to it. You know, you're low in energy, you add something to it. Um, and so it's about having that home apothecary, you know, having all of these herbs, all of these ingredients. And this way, if you Google something, you got it. It's there. 
Um, and I'm actually, um, so that's definitely something that a trick I have up my sleeve. I'm telling you, um, ashwagandha takes about two weeks to actually enter into the system, like to actually function well in the system. Um, and you need to take it consecutively. Otherwise it does not work. Um, I put it every day in my coffee, just a tiny bit, you know, people take pills cause it doesn't taste that good, but mm. I'm all about mixing things together. Like I like to feel like I'm doing my own thing, you know? Yeah. So I... Since having ashwagandha and reishi in my coffee, I can tell you, and I'm a very emotional person and I, I care about everything. Not to say that I don't care any less, but I, I'm more like a meh, I don't, don't, don't talk to me, um, meh, this happened, but I'll figure it out. I'll get through it this way, you know, and if I tell you it, so much weight is lifted off of my shoulders because of this, because of the discovery of these adaptogens. Mm. Um, and what they actually do is um, help you with adrenal support, which is the fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, those, the feelings of the tension, the, the stress, the, it kind of just brings mm. you back to homeostasis, wow. you know? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Four Sigmatic? Yeah, those yeah. are those are adaptogens. Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, except I all those things that they use in theirs, I make my own. I get my own ing organic ingredients, and I make my own. So, for example, so Four Sigmatic makes their own brand, but I make adaptogens for children. Um, so there are herbs and mushrooms that you can use to help kids with stuff like ADHD, um, autism, um, bone support, uh, gut function. Um, what else? There's like tons of stuff. You know? How do you find all the time for all of this? it's fun yeah this you just is, like it it just fun. like energizes you and you find it gives you the like, energy for example, to do it yesterday i made like a strawberry flavored adaptogen that has uh turkey turkey tail in it turkey tail is excellent for immune support and in that there's like goji collagen my son was like this is amazing mom amazing you put it in one of his drinks so i so these adaptogens, so you can find them at Oh My Goodness, but these adaptogens, they go inside of anything. They can go inside of a smoothie, a banana smoothie, for example, that has a strictly banana flavor. You can make a banana strawberry smoothie. Um, uh, it could be a straight-up latte for an adult or for a kid, you know, iced latte, nice, like a strawberry milk, for example, something that they grew up with. See, that's the difference. It's not a Nesquik, right? It's something that can benefit them. The purpose of Nesquik is to harm. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so do you put strawberries and some kind of milk together and you blend them and you make strawberry milk? No. I make use the powder. So the adaptogens that I make are strawberry flavored from real freeze-dried strawberries. Whoa. Yeah. Are you going to sell this stuff online? So, uh, listen, yeah. down the road. Right. Right now what we're doing is we're ensuring that, oh, my goodness, has a great foundation. Yeah. And these adaptogens are going to be part of our foundation so that they can be, they're going to be in our overnight oats. They're going to be in our chia uh, puddings. They're going to be in our smoothies and our lattes. Um, and then basically any food that you'd want. So if you get a yogurt and you want to say, hey, can you pour some of this in it? Because it, cause it's good for um, immune system. It's good for inflammation. It's good for X, Y, and Z, focus or whatever. Then that's what we're going to do for you. Um, and then when you come into the store right now, we're not going to be selling online. But if you come to the store and you'd like to purchase a little 10-ounce um, container, we can sell them to you. Amazing. Yeah, you can oh take it God. home. More of this and less of that stuff. Wow. Lastly, is there anything you wish we spoke about, something I didn't ask or something intuitive that you would like to share with us? I mean, I feel like it's really hard for me, especially with a lot of trauma, to go back and, and remember everything that happened. I know that people exist that they can tell you the story from start to finish and not forget anything, you know? I don't know I'm, if that's true. I mean, I've, I've heard some pretty good storytellers. Like my yeah. grandmother was a good storyteller. She was able to tell everything and the feelings and the emotions and everything. I'm just a big ball of 
incidents in my life. And I feel like a lot of things elicit a lot of these memories, like bring back a lot of these memories. So there's, I just feel like this is a never ending story. We could sit here another four hours and I can yeah. tell you from start to finish. I have, there's things that doctors have told me, like straight up doctors have told me different doctors that I saw that I, I thought were the kookiest. Um, and that's just doctors. Like there's so, so much. Yeah. Um, in terms of like magnetic therapy and um, we didn't talk about the infrared. There's so much. Yeah. And I'm just an open book. So I, I hope know. that we can discuss some more again. Maybe it'd be a different topic of how to heal. Yeah. Um, opposed to just listening to my story because there's a lot that people can do and just not enough is told. Right. I just don't know how you, ha how you retain all of this information. You know what's crazy? I feel like I'm like the dumbest person in the world. That's ridiculous. No, but I'm really not kidding because because of all the trauma that I've been through, I I forget a lot. I do. I forget a lot. Like like, and I'm I'm I and, and I have like semi ADHD. There's no questions asked because my mind is just freaking everywhere. Um, you could be having a conversation and be like, oh wait, what did you say? I think it happened twice. And today. you don't even eat sugar. <laughs> don't. That's nuts. Yes, but th I think that's just my mind. Like how my mind works. It's just everywhere. You know, I can never really sit still. Um, going back, what was I saying? <laughs> um, about healing all the things, you know, you, you, yeah. How do I retain yeah. everything? Yeah. yeah. So I, and I said, I, I thought I was really, <laughs> that was pretty well placed. It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, and how I, I think that I'm the dumbest person in the world because I, in my sauna, I do research. I'm, I'm, I have I have a notebook. Oh, you bring your phone in? I, no, I'm, oh. I, I have books, my books. Like yes. the, the, the go-to, I have like a, a collection of like three or four books that I cross-reference and I put together plans. Um, but if I tell you face-to-face, if, -face, if you tell me something's going on, I know my immediate reaction, but I don't retain as much as I wish I did. You probably just don't retain the things that you think other people want you to retain? Maybe. Like, you you have a lot in there. I do, but you, somehow you go get to talk more. Like, I got to get it out, you know? Yeah. Like, I got I have to figure out ways to... And that's why I feel like, oh, my goodness, it'll be a good outlet for me because it'll be like... I don't even need to tell my story over and over again, even though I feel like people need to know. I just want people to know that there are options and that there are things that they can do, and I'm an open book. I have a recommendation. Yeah. Just came up right now. For, for questions that you're asked there... You should start writing them all down. Have a notebook there, right at the bar where the cafe is. Write down all the questions. You'll see which which Once, questions are yeah. recurring a lot. Yeah. You know, and then you can start writing articles about them yourself, yeah. or just having answers or resources to the questions that are asked a lot. That's so, so you can great. just point someone in the right direction. That's rather. so great. So right now we do do a blog. We have okay. a blog. It's a short blog. It's nothing crazy, you yeah. know. And that's another reason why I think that like I need to. I still like it's just never ending. Mm -hmm. Socrates said that. Um, I know that I'm brilliant because I know nothing, mm -hmm. but that's the ultimate truth. I know nothing. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I, this is not over. This is not done. I have so much to learn. And like, and that's why I really feel like I'm done because it's not done. This is, this is not the end of my life. I, my research is never ending. It's just and started. It just started. Well, I feel it. The light just like, like the sun just kind of I know. Is it, is it brighter too? in here? It is. The clouds open up. It's What's like, going on? How cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. So where can we find you? How can we support you? Aw, so um, as I said, the business is, oh my goodness, Youth Wellness Center. We um, 
We are located in Garden City on New Hyde Park Road. Um, you could, though, go online, ohmygoodnesskids.com, email me, ask me any questions. It's from now, even though the business isn't even open, I'm getting so many questions. Um, you'll find our Instagram there, too, where I'm completely open on my personal Instagram about um, everything that I went through um, and pictures and such um, and kind of like how I'm, I'm kind of my life is sort of coming together now as a result. Um, so yeah, I love, if you can't tell, telling my story. Yeah. And I, I, if you have, anybody has any questions, you could find me at the website. It'll link you to my email or you can go on Instagram and find us at Oh My Goodness Inc. Or Oh My Goodness is my personal one. Amazing. Yeah. And I'll link it all the, in the show notes. Oh, and, awesome. and she also shares really cute videos of her son and them making their own like DIY gummies together. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And they make a lot of things together. It's only they, the beginning. Oh my gosh. I'm so pumped. He's, I'm, he's, 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 I'm lucky because he's going to be my little model. Yeah. I don't need to hire anybody. And honestly, <laughs> I feel like you're already my go-to when, when that time comes, you know, Aww. like I'm going to have all the questions and I just feel like Yay. you're so, such an amazing role model. Thank and you. I, I look up to you so highly and I think you're an incredible human Aww. and mom and wife and friend. And just like, I'm so happy that our paths cross. Yes, me too. It's so strange how things work. I swear. It is. And thank you so much for being on here today. Ah, no, thank you. I love telling my story. Yeah, this is been, amazing. It's been so much fun. You're this so is really fun. I like this. <laughs> Hey, are you as nervous? Was it as nerve-wracking uh, as you expected? No, no. I just, again, my mind goes in a million places. So yeah. I have to stay focused. Right. See, it's just a conversation, just some mics attached to us, yeah. and that's it. But thank you so much. No, thank you. Yay. <laughs> Welp, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening and tuning in to Well and Why. I hope you're walking away feeling incredibly inspired and in awe by this amazing woman, Margaret. Margaret, you are such a light. You are so... I adore you. <laughs> That's really what it is. Um, thank you, Pauline, for connecting us and being such a connector to so many amazing women that I've met within the last few months of being close with you and I'm just so grateful and that being said I also wanted to thank some other people I wanted to shout out to Alejandro in Chile he is somebody that I actually met on a Facebook editing group for podcasts and he has he saved the day in my last podcast episode literally the night before guys and I just think that's amazing. There are good people out there and they are there. Just find them. Um, I wanted to thank Tree River. I feel like I keep forgetting every week to thank them for their music and letting me use that for the past year without much credit. And I suck <laughs> for not giving them enough. But it is so, so, so amazing to have these and wonderful people in your life that are so supportive on whatever level they can be. So thank you, Tree River and Trevor, for sharing that with me. Um, I also wanted to talk about my recent experience at the gyno because, and it's not in serious detail, okay, guys, but um, I thought it was just relevant in this conversation that I had with Margaret, but essentially I had a knot in my boob and it was painful and it was like, giving me pain into my stomach and I was like this is weird I don't like boob pain what is going on so 
I essentially I made an appointment to see a gyno as quickly as possible. She touched around my boob, didn't feel anything. Okay, what the fuck? Um, I'm not lying, right? And she didn't feel anything. So eventually I went to my chiropractor and I was like, listen, I went to the gyno. She didn't feel anything. I don't know. Maybe it's a muscular skeletal thing. And it, it was. And she felt it. So thank the Lord for that because... The other woman made me feel crazy, you know? I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. There's a bump. I feel it. And I was so frustrated with myself afterwards because I wasn't like, I didn't force her to feel around for it. Like, she felt around for it but didn't feel it. Like, I I should not have left that room until she felt it, right? So that's just a life lesson learned on my part. And I just want to share that so you never leave the doctor's office feeling like you wish you had spoken up a little bit more. But anyway, the chiropractor, they ended up using this crazy like machine on my side and my muscles were just way too tight and it must have been the way that I was like sitting at my desk a lot or on my couch, on my phone or my bed and it just those little postures that we do all the time that aren't beneficial really add up and they start creating these other things. So I just thought it was ironic with this episode talking about boob bumps and stuff, but what I was taught was that if it were cancer, it wouldn't have hurt. So that's good to know. But all is good on the boob front (laughs) on my behalf. Margaret is killing it out there. Her actually, this week, the week of February 24th, Her youth wellness center is now open, so I invite all of you to go check it out, especially if you have kiddos here in the city, and it is such a cool spot. Um, I am so excited for her. I wish I had a kid to bring there, honestly. Like, I'm like, can I come and play? I don't know, but I have the time. (laughs) But yeah, back to my unemployment. Um, I'm feeling really great, so for anyone who's worried, thank you but I'm good. Um, It's all going to figure itself out. I feel like I've been gifted the weirdest opportunity of my life and I just can't wait to see what I do with it. You know, that's really fun. It's really fun to think about. And I have a lot of ideas and plans in the works and amazing support. I've never felt more supported. And back to this conversation, when we were talking about support, it is in our hard times that we feel the most love and support. And So if anything comes out of that and anything comes out of a hard, difficult time, it's find your support, recognize who they are, reach out and tell them what's going on with you and you will be stunned by the response. So that being said, I love you. Thank you for listening, sending out all the good vibes because I just like can't contain it. (laughs) I'm feeling really good. Um... I don't know. I'm on a high. I don't understand it, but it's good. It's good. It's all working out, right? In the grand scheme of things, you know where to find me. Please reach out if you have any feedback or anything. You want to reach out to myself or Margaret, you can find me at Spiritually Nutritious on Instagram or wellandwhy at gmail.com. That's W-E-L-L-A-N-D-W-H-Y at gmail. Um, If you're still listening and you want to start a podcast, I have some fun news coming your way, especially if you're located here in New York City. So keep an ear out for that. (laughs) All right. Ta-ta for now.